Hey, it's Rob from the Fake Spike Podcast. Just wanted to let you know I had some difficulties with my mic that I was not aware of until after we finished recording. So it sounds like I'm speaking through a wet blanket. So I apologize in advance. Listen to it as best you can. Happy New Year to everybody and thank you for the continued support. And here we go. Spike podcast review of the game of the year. This is episode 67. Mr. Vort, talk to me. What's going on? I hear you have a new computer over there, huh? Yeah, finally decided to give it a crack. Thank you for getting it, helping me choose one. Uh, two months later, I finally set it up. And it's a thing <laughs> of beauty. Uh, but on a happier I note, I forgot I even recommended one for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a couple of months ago. Uh, anyway. I can't believe we're talking about a Jets win. Absolutely cannot believe it. I honestly did not see another W coming this season. But this is the NFL. We did play against a terrible team. But you know what? We are a bad team. We played against a bad team. You can't choose your opponents. The Jets showed up like I did not expect them to. And they got the job done. And uh, I will say this early on to start the podcast. I'm happy. Um, Part of me was, yeah, let's get a higher pick. Let's get a first overall we have a quarterback. You want to tank when you're getting that once-in-a-generation quarterback. Or if you're planning to trade and get, get a King's Ransom. That would have been nice. But you know what? Zach there's Wilson, no quarterbacks. <laughs> there's no quarterbacks. Zach Wilson was on their center. And every win is a nice benefit for him. Especially considering you beat Trevor Lawrence. Number one overall pick. The can't-miss project. So I'm going to focus on the positives. You can't choose your opponent. You can show up. You can walk out on that field and play who's in front of you. The Jets did exactly that. They walked away with the W. I, I have to agree with you. I, I was annoyed that they not, – not so much – I'm not annoyed that they won. I'm not annoyed that I think the players should be throwing games. That's ridiculous and ludicrous to think that the players will go out there and lose on purpose. But it is just another dark side of thing to think that the Jets, whenever it doesn't matter in December and – Losing is what they do best, and all they have to do is do what they do best, and they can't even get that right. It's just, it's just frustrating. So, in the grand scheme of things, we'll talk about Wilson, obviously, but in the grand scheme of things, I was extremely impressed with Zach Wilson, and I, I don't care about the people who are screaming and yelling against who, about who he played against, or he's still doing this, he's still doing that. There is absolutely no question whatsoever, unless you want to just be a hater, and I never use that word, unless you just want to be a hater for no reason. There is absolutely no question that Zach Wilson has made a lot of progress, and he was actually impressive on Sunday. That's the first time I sat there and was impressed by the kid. Previously, I would be, I would see some nice things here and there. He actually impressed me, and that's that says a lot. It was it was a lot to be happy about. Uh, there was definitely plays that made you excited. There was. <sighs> Lack of stupid r- rookie mistakes that we've come to expect at this point. And, of course, let's not uh, discount that uh, the kid was known as an athletic kid who can make plays with his feet. We've seen him escape danger in the pocket throughout the season, but we haven't seen him make that explosive play. Well, we've seen it. And not only has that been pretty much the highlight of the Jet season, it's one of the plays of the NFL season. That run was spectacular. The kid showed he's an athlete. He just – it almost seemed like he just played for whether it was for a minute whether it was for a quarter in that instance you saw a kid that was just playing everything was there for him he wasn't thinking and playing at the same time so uh a fantastic play something to really kind of uh remember this season for and uh let's keep growing let's build on 
a lot of um, it's a famous thing in college football. It's a famous thing in uh, in boxing and MMA. In order to get your confidence, you go, you you kick the shit out of a couple of cans. You get your confidence going, and uh, that's what the Jets did. Uh, Jacksonville would have done the same thing if they could have beat the crap out of the Jets to build their confidence. They were going to do it. So if you got an easy opponent that's willing to lay down for you, take the W, build the confidence, and move on. I could not agree more. Uh, I don't think <laughs> I, I, I can't really have a lot of confidence in the last two games against who they're playing because while it doesn't matter and I'm not going to ding them for playing Jacksonville, they were playing Jacksonville. <laughs> and Jacksonville's terrible. I mean, they proved with it being a shadow without they were terrible. The Jets had no business winning that game. And if not, you know, we can't say if not for, but I'm going to say it anyway. If not for Wilson run, which, you know, he got, he kind of got lucky because he's, he, his escapability allowed him to escape the sack, but also two guys refused to hit him. Basically, I, I, I'm willing to bet that these guys guys in, in any other era would have crushed him, but they were afraid to get the penalty. They thought he was going to run out of bounds, and they, and they backed off instead of, instead of hitting him, and they paid for it, you know? And then Berrios, I mean, how often is a guy going to run a kickback? But he did. Without those two things, the Jets the Jets probably lose this game. Even They, they almost lost it anyway. So I, I don't want to ding them for beating Jacksonville. A win is a win, but you know, at the end of the day, they were playing a team that's just as bad, if not worse than them. The next two games, that will not be the case. So if the Jets can hang in there and at least look like they belong on the field against either of these opponents, then then maybe I will you know, not point to who they were playing and, and then they'll show me something. But I will take any progress I can get and... Without a doubt, that that was progress. Well, just in general, I mean, the defense even showed up and, and played fairly well, and, and they had no business doing that either. So all around, I'm, I'm happy. I certainly do not want to do the typical, uh, well, we're on our way. Things are going to be great. No, no. I've, I've been kicked in the balls way too many times, and we'll probably get smoked this weekend. But, you know, it was nice to see that that the team in general was there and and that Wilson really, you know, you know, there was a meme going around that Wilson, you know, picked the Jets up, carried them on his shoulders, did this, did that, and that's a franchise quarterback, which a little bit of an exaggeration. Let's not get crazy, but he did kind of, you know, lead the team. And and that's that's important to see. And if he can build on that, then we, we might be looking at something. Still not sure the guy's gonna be a good, great or franchise quarterback, but at least he showed the signs that he's capable of taking some kind of step to Towards it. He definitely was the unquestioned leader. Uh, our running back brought a huge smile to my face. He just started uh, ripping off chunks of yards towards the end. But yeah, this was the performance that with Zach Wilson, taking away that explosive run, you can say that, listen, the kid, he was so conservative. He didn't make any plays. And you know what? Sometimes I'll take that because uh, as a rookie and a kid known as a playmaker, he was clearly trying to do too much. He was struggling with accuracy. He was struggling with everything you can imagine. So for him to be able to slow it down enough, to slow it down enough to be conservative, to be smart, and not to make dumb plays, that start of progress, eliminating mistakes and turnovers, is a huge step towards establishing yourself as a franchise quarterback. Uh, like you, I agree with you 100%. Cannot start talking about this game like it's going to be the turnaround that propels us into the playoffs next season. We have to take this as a weekly thing for what it is. We played against a bad team. We were a decimated team. You and me both pretty much expected the Jets to lose. And I think justifiably so on what we've seen before that game. So kudos to the Jets. I'm happy. I'm not going to cry that uh, we've lost a, a couple of spots in the draft. I am happy with the performance. I'm happy with the, the couple of steps forward by uh, 
Carter, by uh, Wilson, and the fact that the team showed up and made the big plays. The big plays make all the difference. You're talking about an explosive run of 50-plus yards. You're talking about a kickoff return for a touchdown. That's two huge plays. that, that are, They're just such momentum plays. They make all the difference. And I think they definitely, at the end, uh, those plays did make a big difference. When it's all said and done, Zach Wilson has now gone three games without a turnover. And some people will say, yeah, but he almost threw them and he's still making a bad decision here and there. Yeah, he's making a bad decision here and there as opposed to every decision was bad earlier in the year. And, um, you know, there, there, there are there is a... Um, a forum like like those old time forums where you have you know responses and and you know like, like a website where people talk about things. So instead of before the Facebook days, we had forums, and there's still a Jets forum. And there's a lot of guys on this page. One in particular who refuses to acknowledge that Zach Wilson has even shown any progress. He feels that that he he is exactly as he was in week one, which to me is the most ridiculous take you can have. If only if if the only measurement was turnovers, see, and that's that's progress right there. He, he you know he, he threw like a eight or nine interceptions in his first few games, and he's only had like three since then, and none in three games. So even if you want to say a, a million things about what he's not. You still have to acknowledge that that he is certainly not the same quarterback he was in week one. He's not even the same quarterback he was in week six or seven, whenever it was he got hurt. Since he's come back, he's had one really bad game, which was the Saints. And the rest of the time, you know, he's 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 alternated between being bad early and, and good late and vice versa. Uh, and, and this game, I can't say he put it all together because it wasn't like he lit up the league, but he did not have a stretch where things were bad in this game. So to me, it is very, very clear that the kid has made progress. We, it, the jury is still out on whether he can take a step to being what we want him to be, but at least he's not. we're not heading into the offseason seeing him do nothing but fail and, and be completely a miserable quarterback. So it's, it's, to me, that is a huge, huge bonus heading into the offseason. And yes, like you, I'm not looking for this to propel them to big heights and you know, I'm gonna, he's going to come into training camp and I'm going to be like, this is what I want and be disappointed if he's not. No, I'm not there. But uh, it is nice to see a little bit of what I consider to be progress. It's If somebody right now sits down for me, tells me that they're a football fan, and tells me that Zach Wilson is the same exact quarterback today that he was when we drafted him, when he made his first career start, I simply will not indulge in the conversation. I can't. We either have to agree to disagree that we do not see the game the same way. Because if you're going to tell me that Zach Wilson has not shown any improvement, I just have nothing to say to you. Again, you said the key word. If you want to have an argument that he hasn't shown you anything, not even one iota of being a franchise-leading Super Bowl contending quarterback, I'll listen. He hasn't. He's, uh, it's been a tough season. But if you're going to tell me that he hasn't shown you progress, you're blind. The, you're an idiot. Right? You're just hating on the guy for no just reason. Just on the fact, if you want to say he's not making enough big plays, fine. He's not making enough uh, – he's not scoring enough touchdowns, fine. But uh, the fact alone that he has cut down on the turnovers tells me that he's seeing enough. The game is slowing down enough, and he's trusting himself enough to be conservative when it's needed. He's starting to realize you can't make a pass that's going to give you 20 points on one completion. And that's progress. That's simple as that. It is. And and three weeks ago, I said he looked more stable back there, right? And 
that he did. He looked much more stable. The last three games, he's looked more stable. And this third game, the most recent one that we've spent this whole time talking about so far, he looked more than stable. He looked comfortable. He looked like he belonged. He didn't look like he was a, a, a franchise quarterback. He's going to lead the team to the playoffs and, and be the reason they, they get to where they have to go, but I was looking for Zach Wilson to do what he did Sunday next year, be the difference in the Jets in a close game that they could win or lose, and, and show me that he is one of the main differences in, in, in contributing to that. I mean, he's not the sole reason, but Zach Wilson did not do anything to give that game away, and that was one of my metrics for next year, was to see Zach Wilson in several games not be the reason they lost, and, and at least have some contribution to them winning. And then year three would be the year I'm looking for him to actively win games for the Jets. So by my measure, if this is what he is now, then he is you know, a half season to a season ahead of the metrics I lay out for him. And that's I'll take that any day. That's that's like gravy. Mac, I just imagine if if we did have a couple of listeners and some of them are saying, oh, <laughs> listen to Mac. This is the guy who is saying he doesn't want average. He wants a, a superstar. He wants a quarterback who's going to win titles. And I just sit here because that's how Jets fans think. They would just throw that back at you. And my argument is Rob is not saying that the little progress we've seen this year is that's it. This is proof that what we've been hoping for is here. We have that superstar quarterback. We are focusing on that exact word progress just a little step forward that's what i wanted to see and this season it became tougher and tougher for me to hope to see that because first of all we were losing we looked like a bad team then with the covid the injuries he has no offensive line he has no offensive weapons he had every reason to crumble he the the week he goes out with an injury his backup comes in and lights it up as a his, literally a historic debut Literally, historic debut. And the kid managed to persevere, keep his head in it, and uh, he's shown progress. That's all I'm going to say. He's shown progress to me. Right. And like you said, I am not saying he's on his way, he's great, oh my God, we finally got our quarterback. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there's a little bit of a measure of relief that he's not still playing like he was a month ago when, when he was missing guys and throwing the ball at their feet and, and overthrowing guys and, and immediately leaving the pocket. I mean, he looks comfortable back there. Time will tell whether that is a permanent thing or just a little bit of a, of a, of a step off because I mean, maybe you can't get any worse than you were early on, you know, but there, there's clear progress. There's clear hope that he can become something. And um, uh, I just, I just lost the train of thought. I had one other thing in mind that I wanted to say. Um, God damn, I hate when I do that. I have to stop, start interrupting myself and say it when I, when I think it. Um, It'll come to you, but uh, It'll come to me. <laughs> It'll uh, come. But the bottom line is the Jets won. Who are our last two opponents this season? Uh, Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Yeah, so this this was good. This was good. At least we, <laughs> we won the game. We won the game. We needed to win. By the way, a little side note that I wanted to mention: um, Trevor Lawrence, the can't miss prospect playing against the Jets defense that I expected him to kind of have his breakout game, his confidence-building game. The kid looked like shit. Wow, did he look like trash. He was missing short throws, long throws. The accuracy wasn't there. He looked bad. I think he looked pretty good at times. He, he I think he made some bad-looking mistakes, like a couple of fumbles. And then at the very end of the game, he, he was brain farting. He had like three brain farts on that final drive. Yeah. Uh, but when, when, you know, when he had time, he didn't look bad. I mean, he got them down the field a lot. And, you know, he, you know, he, he lost the ball on a, on a, on a long um, you know, like a, on a big sack at one point. Um, 
I, I don't remember if he had an interception. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know if he had an interception. But uh, that last drive, Trevor Lawrence, first of all, you, you, know, you could make the argument he should have tried to get the ball in on that run instead of running out at the five. I think yeah. he had a legitimate shot with his momentum to lower his shoulder and, and, and get into the end zone. But you can also argue that with no timeouts and only 30 seconds left, if he gets tackled at the one, they're in a lot of trouble, you know? That's, of course, not knowing that he was going to spike the ball on third down. I could not believe that. See, I, I remember last year when I said the Jets are going to get, you know, they're going to be hanging there against Seattle, and then they got creamed, and then I said they're going to you know, get creamed by the Rams, and then they run. I was a week off on everything. I was off on the Jets. I said something ridiculous that only the Jets could do happen, but it wasn't the Jets. It was it was Trevor Lawrence. How, with 12 seconds left in the game, do you spike the ball on third down and only give yourself one play? That is, I mean, if you got to the line and everybody was set, then you just run the play and take your chances. I couldn't believe you gave away a down like that. That was that was ridiculous. And I, I, and you you also have to ask. Listen, we have a rookie quarterback. Was there somebody in his helmet yelling, "Get to the line, spike it! Get to the line, spike it!" Right, get, right, get the ball. I mean, well, well, which play are you saying he should have spiked it? No, no, I'm saying like we're blaming him that he had a brain fart. But is it possible that his helmet was in his ear? Oh, oh, I, I, I mean. If, uh, well, whoever made that decision is an idiot. You you had legitimate time to try and get the ball in the end zone there, and then obviously, if you don't get the ball in the, unless you're stupid enough to run it, if you don't get the ball in the end zone, you throw an incomplete pass. You have another play where you could actually huddle up. You know, I mean, it just I don't know. He spiked the ball and gave himself one shot at the end zone, and then and then on the on the on the fourth down play, which is obviously also the last play of the game. Why wouldn't they just run the ball? I mean, you don't have to worry about the clock stopping anymore. It's fourth down. You know, the, 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 the running back had, had made a couple of big runs on that drive. I don't understand why they wouldn't just try to do that. Instead, what they do is they run a play that you would run from midfield where they had him fade back, and it, 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 it didn't make sense. Was, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the Jets South. It's just unreal That's how nice. and how bad that last drive was. I was ready to finish your thought and say exactly because they're Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I mean, we, we talk about how bad the Jets are and only the Jets, only the Jets. But, you know, until recently, it was also the Browns. It was also the Cardinals. They, they've both gotten pretty good. But you still have Detroit. You still have um, Jacksonville. I mean, the Jets, the Jets may be a laughing stock. They may be ridiculous. They may be stupid. But they are not the only ones, as evidenced by the other day. That was bad. Now, uh, through all their silver linings and a couple of amazing plays, again, talking about the Barrios uh, touchdown, the, yeah. talking about the Zach Wilson run, talking about Michael Carter averaging over seven yards a carry, uh, the one bonehead play, and I want to say not a bonehead play, a bonehead play selection, and you texted me instantly, and we were once again, like brothers separated at birth, we were in complete <laughs> agreement. I was 100% not only on board, I loved it. I stood up and cheered the decision to go for a fake, uh, for a fake kick. What else do you have to lose? It was creativity. Yeah. I loved it. The play call itself, not the not the execution, but the play call itself. Holy shit! It looks like my drunk uncle who thought he was coaching a soccer team drew up that play. Oh my god! Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is, is, is two or three different people said if the offensive line had done their job, that wouldn't be that bad. So I'm like, I'm thinking I'm crazy because I don't remember the offensive line breaking down. When I watched the highlights, that wasn't the offensive line's fault. That guy got outside the whole tackle box and, and went around and, and basically got past the line to and, and it was a linebacker who tackled. That was 
wasn't the offensive line's fault. I mean, I, I it's not like I'm an ex and those guys that ever played the game or design offensive plays, but the offensive line did not break down on that. You had a punter who has no... Oh, that's the other thing the guy said. Well, if the guy would have cut back, he would have like, no, you can't expect a punter <laughs> to have the freaking mentality of a running back or a wide receiver. He's basically running for the end zone or the first down, whichever it was at the time. And and if he doesn't get there, he's getting tackled. There's no cutting back. There's no whatever. Right. And his option, if he wanted to get rid of the ball and got scared, was a kicker who was an even worse option than him. I just don't understand how if you're going to run a, a fake field goal, which, as you just said, we both love the call. You have nothing to lose in week 16 of a season where you're 3-11. You have nothing to lose. I love I loved the thought. I love the call. But to have to have a, a running a, a, a punt to run the play with a kicker as an option is just the height of insanity. It just doesn't make any sense at all. There's, no, there's nobody with any experience or any ability to make a play holding the ball. And, and, and it's, it's only the Jets can do something like that. And only the fans can blame that on the offensive line. I don't know. I don't know if you were seeing the same thing because me personally, when I thought them, uh, when I saw the guys closing in on our punter, I immediately envisioned him stiff arming that three hundred seventy-five pound line. <laughs> then I saw, right. then I saw him spinning out of the two linebackers who were closing in, running four-two, yes. and then high stepping into the end zone. That's how yeah, I, I can't. Start. I can't understand how he didn't have the field vision to realize he should have just cut it through the middle and he would have just been advancing <laughs> to the end zone. Right? The punter has field vision. Come on. Uh, a couple of points that I had wanted to make is that. Um, Bariosa, you've been touting him all year, and they said the one thing I'm waiting for for him is to is to run one in, and you know, he did for me. So go Bariosa, he made us both proud. Um, what other notes did I want to make here? Uh, oh, oh, the dropped passes. I mean, there there were there was one, two, two that I can think of offhand that um, you know Mims dropped one in the end zone. But yeah, the thing here's the thing with Mims. Mims ran out of bounds before he came. Yep. So even if he caught the ball, it wouldn't count. I mean, what? what how? How unmotivated? I'm not going to call him stupid. He would have never made it this far. So he's completely unmotivated and just yes. doesn't care. How fucking dumb do you have to be to put yourself in that situation and and run out of bounds before you come back in? I, it is. I, I, I'm boggled. My mind is boggled. It's sad to see this because with him, if you have half a brain cell. His agents, people around him, they know the writing is on the wall. He's done as a jet. But because of the injuries, because of the COVID situation, by sheer stupidity and luck, he's actually getting an opportunity to put something on tape. So somebody invites him. He's still a young kid. Put something on tape. Instead, he looks so mentally checked out, making mental mistakes. These are not, these are not drops. These are not physical mistakes that you can coach him up, change of scenery. These are mental mistakes. The two per- personal fouls a couple of weeks ago, the stepping out of bounds. And on top of that, it's not like we're talking, uh, it's not like we're talking that he sprinkles a couple of good plays in between. It's all bad. Oh, yes. yes. He and should, not, a, he should yep. not even be dressed for the final two games. Done. Get rid of him. Right. And that's the point I made today to someone who said, um, you know, uh, I forget what the point was, but it was about Beckton and Mims and whether, you know, we, we should certainly, you know, give them a chance. They might have value. And I said, listen, you want to give Beckton all the chances? Absolutely. But Mims doesn't deserve any chances. He's done nothing but hurt the team with dumb things this year. All brain farts, and there's no 
positive value to anything he's done the entire season. So, uh, it, again, the brothers lost their birth thing. You, you pretty much mimic my exact thought is that the guy has contributed nothing positive at all and has only hurt the team all year long. Every game he gets into, it's something, a penalty, a drop pass, I mean, just something. But, but you're um, telling me you're not yeah. going to give a kid off the practice squad a chance for the final two weeks over over that dead space that, that's Mims? He's just taking up a locker right now. Get yeah. rid of him. Done. But, yeah, and they took him out of the game after that. We never saw him again. So as depleted as they were, the guy didn't see the ball at all after that After that mental, mental brain fart, whatever you want to call it. And then, you know, Jeff Smith, I mean, it's like the third year he's been on the team. At, at some point, he makes an appearance, dropped a beautiful third down pass from Zach Wilson. I mean, he was, I forget when he was, he was early in the game. Third down, you know, Wilson actually hit him in stride. It was one of the few times Wilson threw a bird, hit him in stride, and it just bounced off his hands. He, you know, and he announces even called him out for being afraid to get hit. And he, you know, he basically said, if you're, I think it was Jay Feely, he said, if you're a receiver out there, you got to help your quarterback out. you got to make that catch. This was, a, originally he said it wasn't a perfect throw, but then they showed the replay. He's like, you know what? That was a perfect throw. It hit him in the hands. It hit him in stride. And if he freaking catches the ball, it's a first down. So the Jets ended up having a punt after this freaking idiot drops a ball, and it was beautiful. And and they also called him, as I started to say, they called him out for, for being afraid to get hit. It's like they said, he, he knew the hit was coming. You got to be able, you got to be willing to take that hit if you're going to be out there and go over the middle. And that's very true. And it was just just more of the same. So Zach Wilson's accuracy suffers because these guys drop so many passes on him. And that's, again, for, for you guys listening, if you're going to say, oh, well, stop making excuses for him, I'm not. That's just a fact. His accuracy suffers because they're drop passes. There are always drop passes, no matter who your quarterback is, but there are an inordinate amount in big spots with this team. So, um, Okay, back to Berrios for one second. Now, there have been a lot of fans that are calling him like the, the next Quebec, and he's, you know, he's like Quebec, and, and I was like, there's no way. I mean, he's not big enough. Quebec was way bigger. Uh, he's like this, he's that. And then I went and looked him up. He's actually the same size as Quebec, which I was shocked at. You know, Quebec is, is two pounds lighter um, and, and uh, I'm sorry, um, Berrios is an inch shorter and two pounds heavier than Quebec. So, I mean, they're roughly the same size, right? So all that tells me is that, that in 1996, the league didn't have players as big as they are now because Quebec always looks small, but he didn't look like a midget. This Berrios looks like a kid compared to the football players of today, and he's the same size as Quebec. So I take it back. If, if he's the next Quebec, that would be great. And we love, you know, we love our little gritty white guys on the Jets. Exactly. I, I, it goes back to what you said. Mac, when they showed him celebrating with the offensive lineman, it looked like, I almost texted you, it looked like who led Zach Wilson's little brother onto the field. He looked tiny next to them. Uh, I am absolutely in love with him. I love everything he brings from his energy, from his versatility, to his playmaking ability when he gets the ball in space. He's not just a novelty. He's a talented kid who is getting an opportunity. He's He's making the most of it. I just hope he... Sticks around. I like him. I think he has the spark. The The fact that he plays special teams is a huge plus uh, in help, helping him secure a potential roster spot. But I hope he is part of the offense, kind of that new breed, uh, sort of what you see Cordell Patterson do in Atlanta. Um, those guys who are not necessarily married to a position. We know he's a wide receiver, but he can get a ball on the end around. I'm not talking about he's the next Randy Moss, calm down, people. But if he can get him four to five touches and see if he can break one or two 20, 25, 60, 65 yard plays, that's a game changing, momentum changing type of a play. I love the kid. I hope he sticks around. I see a lot of positives in him, but I do see him as a completely different type of player from Wayne Krebet. Krebet was a 
as sure hands as you can find, fearless, ferocious, found spaces, and always caught the ball. And the barriers is just speed, blazing speed, blazing speed, and more speed. Yeah, and and I think um, I, I uh, speaking of what Barrios being resigned, I think his contract's up this year. I think they have an option, so I would like to see him pick up an option. And, and I I agree, it, it, despite the fact that he's the same size as Corbett, the the players and the rest of, the rest of the players are really not the same size as they were when Corbett played. I think if you try and get him the ball in something other than you know end rounds and 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 you try and have this guy go over the middle and he's going to get killed. He's just too small, and it'd be like me running trying to play basketball against you. You know, <laughs> it just it's just not going to work long term so um what else do i have on here i got a couple other notes okay so fans are freaking you know jet fans you know jet fans are never happy right that after the game they're complaining that zach wilson only threw for 102 yards you know this is the team won the game the kid looked really good and would you rather he throws for 350 and loses i mean i don't understand the zach wilson hate i can understand being being worried about him being what we want him to be, I could be see them, you know, being pissed off that he just wasn't ready at the beginning of the year. But why would you freaking sit and and find reasons to trash him after a game like the other day? I don't understand this fan base, and I'm a member of it. I just don't get it at this point. Because people want to complain, complain, complain. That way, if the Jets implode, oh, I saw it coming. See, I told you that last year. It's such a bunch of BS. It's just like, just enjoy it. This isn't the, one of those situations where you look at the stats and you're like, holy shit, we won despite Zach Wilson. We won mostly because of Zach Wilson. This is what the game dictated, considering, number one, we got a kickoff return for a touchdown. That's a lost offensive possession. Zach Wilson breaks off a 54-yard run. If he completes a 54-yard touchdown pass, now he's still a little lower on the yards, but now he has a touchdown through the air. I don't care. The kid made a play. And at the end of the game, he was a winning quarterback. That's what matters. The game yeah. dictated that it was just a slower pace. On top of that, our running back averaged 7.5, 7.8 yards a carry. We, yes. had a yep. we had a 100-yard rusher, and Zach Wilson chipped in with like 90-something. But it was music to my ears. We controlled the ball. Zach Wilson didn't make any stupid turnovers, made a couple of plays when necessary, and our running backs – a, uh, and our running back, Michael Carter, ate up, ate up yards in chunks, and uh, we controlled the game. The clock flowed. We won the game. What? I, yep. And, and that's the stats. The stats are not always the whole story. I, I, listen, you won't get an argument from me. The game I was most impressed with him with turns out to be the one where he throws for the least amount of yards, and I don't care. At the end of the game, at the end of the year, at the end of whatever, I just want to win, and that's the important thing. Now, I know we, we root for losses when, when it's late in the season and, and we, want draft, we want draft position, but it's not like I want the team to lose. This is, this is a, a long-term look at how they can win, but... If you're going to tell me that, you know, look at Tom Brady. We can go back to the greatest of all time. In his first season, that, that Super Bowl where they won, you know, at the last second Vinatieri kick, Brady wasn't impressive in that game. He didn't throw for a billion yards, but they won. That's all that matters. Brady got better as he went along. And at the end of the day, if you're going to tell me my guy is going to absolutely freak, well, no, he didn't suck. So I'm not even going, I'm not going to say if he absolutely sucks. Because I would take that too if we win. But if you're going to tell me my guy was efficient and did what he had to do, but we got a win on a day when, as you said, great point. I didn't even think of that. We we lost the possession because of because of because of the kickoff return. And I even made a joke at that point because because the um, the Jaguars had the ball right around that time before and after and. and 
killed the whole clock. The defense is going to get tired, even though the Jets were winning. Um, you know, so we lost that possession, and then the running game was there. We ran for over 200 yards. So why would we, you know, you know, the same people who are going to scream about how we're putting too much on Wilson in a game where we didn't ask him to do much. We ask him to to basically, you know, control the game, run it, and 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 have the guys run and do what he needed to do to get things done. And he did. We're going to trash him because his stats weren't like Hall of Fame worthy. It just it kills me. But these same guys will sit around and say how we're not giving Mims a chance. Get him out there and, and just run him down the field on fly patterns and, and use his jumping ability. Those same guys will give Mims every pass but trash Wilson in a good game. Shout out to our friend Jamie if you're listening. It's... Uh... <laughs> It's like trying to convince a fan who will not be convinced. If you tell him Mims is the next Randy Moss, no, he's a buzz. Get rid of him. If you tell him we're getting rid of him, you're right. How can the reply is going to be? How can you not see? He just needs to be coached up. He's the next Randy Moss. You it's cannot ridiculous. please a person who does not want to be pleased. Yep. So back to Sam Donald for one minute. We haven't mentioned him in a while, but you know, I, I was sitting here the other day and saying, wow, I was pretty impressed with Wilson. That was a, that was a good game by him and whatever. And, and then you have people, to, you know, and then I go into the boards and there's people saying, we said all these same things about Sam Donald. It's not, you know, it, it, you can you can be blind and, and live the same life again over and over if you want. Like we were saying, it was the line or give him time, whatever. Here's the difference, okay? Zach Wilson, right? has shown improvement. Zach Wilson has has gone from being completely lost to not only not being lost, but in control of of himself. He's still not at the point where he can make a huge difference and carry the team on his back, but Sam Donald never made any progress. He regressed or he got back to his previous level, but there was never a time from from game one where Sam Donald got better than he started out. Because I mean, obviously, it's hard to follow up how he started out. He still had great that you know that first that first pass was picked was a pick six, but he had a great game after that, right? Sam Donald never showed a lick of improvement in three years. He just regressed and regressed, regressed. So Zach Wilson. Obviously not as good as Sam Donald was in year one, but has already shown an immense amount of progress compared to the the positive trajectory that Sam Donald didn't show. So, you know, he, he's shown incremental improvement all around, which Sam Donald never did. So it is not the same thing three years later where we're making excuses for him at all. I would love to sit here and be the dark sire and say we've made the wrong move. This guy sucks. And he did earlier in the year, but you have to see where it goes. And where it's going is that the guy has made progress, even if it's small, even if he's progressed from completely inept to just you know, somewhat decent, he's made progress. And again, at the risk of repeating myself, Sam Donald never made a lick of progress in three seasons. No. In three seasons, I can hang my hat on one Sam Darnold game. It was an explosive performance against the Cowboys. That's the only game that jumps out. Uh, and if you're a Jet fan, you'll know exactly the game I'm talking about. They, they won the game. Uh, he looked pretty damn good. That was the only game in three years that uh, jumps out at me. That's it. Three yeah, years. but then the whole second half, he almost gave the game away. So, you know, so, but the, the, the thing is that that he looked good, yes, but that is still not progress over what he did previously. And I'm not, and I'm not talking stats here. I'm just talking about his ability to lead the team and not make stupid plays. You know, Sam Donald had the Cowboys a much, much better team on the ropes, and the Jets had to hang on on the last, a, a last play of the game. You know, on the last play of the game, and the Jets had a 18-point lead in the third quarter. So, you know, Sam Donald may have had some moments where 
he was as good as he was in that first game and gave you some hope that he was turning a corner, but he never actually got to that level and certainly never passed it. And that's that's kind of my point. Is, well, you know, stat wise, he did, but 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 that that eye test where he's making progress and and, and being better, he never ever did that. Of course, and the thing that uh, if you guys are already comparing Darnold to Zach Wilson, well, we gave uh, we gave Sam Darnold three years. I'm sorry if that's what Zach Wilson is doing in three years. You're going to be just as harsh and probably a lot more pissed off with, uh, in my case, more gray hair. But the reality is, at this point, you can't compare them. We gave the kid three years, and uh, like the, even if you want to use the game uh, against the Cowboys, like I did. By the third year, by the even by the end of the second year, those performances shouldn't be an aberration. That's it. The third year, those should be the norm. Now you're supposed to show consistency, not flashes. With Zach Wilson, I'm okay to see flashes now. That's what I want. I want to see the flashes to know, how, whoa, 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 whoa. If he can coach him up and he's consistent and those flashes become the norm, we got something. But in year three, those flashes don't impress me anymore. I want to see that consistency. <laughs> well, Sam Darnold was very consistent. He was the same quarterback for three freaking years. He never moved. So, well, All right, so how about so, progress and consistency? Yes, progress, exactly. All right, so one more subject I want to touch on before I just do some random thoughts to end it, okay? I think it is time to stop the bullshit narrative that the Jets need a new, a new GM and that and then, um, you know, Joe Douglas has done a terrible job of building this team. So I, I really, you know, a couple of people have said some things and I was like, yeah, that's a really good point. So this, I, I'm not going to pretend this is all my thoughts and I just came up with this myself, but it's just a conglomerate of all the different thoughts I've seen people make because some people make excuses, some people are trash him, right? So the, 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 the thing going around, a lot of people are saying is that is that Joe Douglas is in year two and a half and has a you know, four and 97 record and, and the team is worse now than it was when they started when he when he started and you know and his 2020 draft was terrible and the and the talent on the team is absolutely bad enough of that thing first of all okay here, here's some of the worst things that happened to the jets first the offensive line sucks yeah your biggest freaking guy your number one picks after the season because a guy rolled on him it's not like he, he did something you know to, to hurt himself a guy rolled on him and you know maybe the guy's not that great maybe he's unmotivated maybe he's a much bigger and more important version of men's but you can't really you can't really tell that so our offensive line sucks but you know, it's not like he did nothing to address it. We just had some bad luck. What else are the Jets bad at? Right? The the defensive line sucks. Well, you lost you lost Carl Lawson before the year started. You lost Vinnie Curry before the year started. You lost Marcus May at some point, and that's the other thing the Jets are bad at. The safety play is terrible, but you lost your safety. You know, your linebacking crew is terrible. You lost Joyner. I mean, the Jets have had so many devastating injuries, and going into the year, we expected the secondary to be the weak spot because we thought we had a solid pass rush and would hide some of the deficiencies of the of the secondary that never happened there's no pass rush at all in the secondary and, and certainly the linebackers have been exposed to because of it you know so joe douglas you can't fault the guy for bad luck down the road you can but you cannot sit here and say that that an absolute total like total teardown all the way down to the studs if this was a house right you'd be at the studs Joe, Joe Douglas did a real rebuild and and the team has some young talent and the other the one other thing before I know I'm on a 
tangent here. One other thing is that Joe Douglas made a couple of dra bad draft picks in 2020. It's looking like um, 2020 is, is going to be a bad draft year unless, you know, you know we have Bryce Hall and unless uh, Becton kind of comes around, it's not a great draft. But it appears from, from what some people are speculating is that Joe Douglas last year went for guys with high potential, maybe not the greatest motors, and learned his lesson this year. This year he went after all A-plus locker room guys and, and look at the difference, right? It looks like 2021 is going to use like four or five guys that will be anywhere from starters to, to freaking stars. And 2020 is what it is, you know? So I want to put to rest, at least me, you don't have to, and the other people don't have to. I want to put to rest the idea that Joe Douglas is doing a horrible job and deserves to lose it. I, I do not agree with that at all. And any doubts I started to have earlier in the year have been put to rest by the progress I've seen with this and the, the fact that I sat around and saw other people say it and, and, I, and I really gave it some thought, the injuries and, and, and everything else. Joe Douglas has actually done a pretty good job considering the circumstances. I am uh, I'm not panicking on Joe Douglas. I still am strongly in his corner. I will say going into the off, this offseason, I will be – carefully paying attention to the moves this offseason because this is kind of uh it's going 50 50 listen you can justifiably make some criticisms but nobody's perfect the guy's made his mistakes i agree with you i believe he noticed his mistakes where he kind of got a little greedy or his eyes got a little too big and he took a step back and he learned from it and he went for more character guys obviously his career as a jets gm will likely be defined by the success or failure of both Wilson and Sala, justifiably so once again. Uh, but uh, I don't see any egregious mistakes. There's been some misses. Yes, happens. Uh, yeah, of course. Are you expecting perfection? Right. Name, name, name me a GM who was perfect and hit on exactly. every single pick. Never. Exactly. So, of course, this year is going to be a little bit more scrutinized because uh, you can say that the Mims miss, the... Uh, the Corey Davis signing is already looking a little fuzzy early on, but you can say that the, he's brilliant and not overpaying. You mentioned that right away. He's uh, showing restraint and the uh, smarts in the way, he, the, the way he structures the contracts and the length of the contract, all those good stuff to kind of protect the team a little bit. Uh, so, Yes, I am still very strongly in Joe Douglas's corner, but this offseason, I will be scrutinizing him a little bit closer. This is the one that he has to, he simply has to get it more right than wrong. This is the big one. I agree. He has to get it more right than wrong, and he has a bunch of picks to do that with. So, you know, even if Joe Douglas is 50%, on his picks, I think they just have nine. Would you take four starters out of the draft? I mean, absolutely. I sure would. As long as like one, one, at least one or two of them are later picks, and you hit on your early ones, then then, then we're good to go. I mean, but the thing is, is it's hard to judge the guy this early when he literally like got rid of everybody. I mean, this team was nothing. They they they've, they've totally stripped it down. Like Idzik and and McCagney tried to do that, but then I don't know if it was pressure from Woody or they listened to the fans. It could be both. But you know, they they, they gave up on that and then went and spent big on free agents with you know like with the money they had. And Douglas is in that position again. And I'm willing to bet Douglas is going to use the free agent money for for depth and a couple of strategic moves again. He's not going to go crazy and bring in the 
Tremaine Johnsons of the world, and certainly not the C.J. Mosleys, who, you know, as good as he is, was way overpaid when he when he signed the contract and and has and missed two years and is a shell now. So I don't think Douglas is going to go that route. So if, if he he has stayed the course, he has not given up on his vision, and if his vision doesn't work, he'll lose his job. But not because the vision wasn't the right one. That's something you and I have been steadfast in agreeing with the whole time. But I am also not in the position I was a month ago where I'm like, well, he should. He's this and he's that. No, I think he has torn it down. The injuries are bad luck. Because if the Jets only lose, you know, one or two guys instead of five or six on defense, it, it, it's a much different story. You know, he signed Corey Davis. That guy, he didn't work out, but he's out for the season. You're going to tell me Corey Davis wouldn't be better than the, the than the mongrels they're running out there now? I mean, it's just come on. I mean, Elijah Moore's out for the season. I mean, and that's the other impressive thing about Wilson. He had nobody to throw the ball to. These guys were getting no separation, and when they did get separation, they dropped the freaking ball. It's just whatever. Some of the random thoughts I came up with. Uh, some were just observations, and others were um, you know, like, like woohoo kind of things. So we'll start with the woohoo. Uh, Seattle lost a freaking you know a, a crazy ending with the, a, a game with a crazy ending to the Bears, and uh, after Dallas walloped uh, Washington Sunday night, that Seattle's pick is now number six. So how how fucking cool is that? The Jets currently hold number four and number six in the draft. That's fantastic. Two fantastic. Top That's okay. amazing. <laughs> two top, you know, if, if we're a little bit of luck, we have two. You know, we're gonna have two top five. The Jets are not gonna be worse than four unless they win one of these games, and that ain't happening. So the Jets will be no worse than four. They could get as high as probably three. I don't think they'll make it to two. Um, and then, you know, Seattle, Seattle's got you know, Detroit this weekend, and I forget who they're playing next week. I think uh, Rams or Cardinals or something. So Seattle probably end up seven and ten, which is kind of what we looked at. You know, what are they now? Five? They'll probably end up six and eleven, which is going to definitely give them a top ten pick, probably seven and eight, seven and eight area. The other good thing is Carolina is now picking like, I, th- I want to say five, and uh, that really helps because we have their second round pick. So right now the Jets have four of the first thirty-eight picks in the draft, which That's is outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. Yep, unbelievable. Okay, um, the uh, the one of one there were two balls that Wilson almost threw interceptions on. One uh, totally not his fault. I mean, he threw a ball on Croft that bounced off his hands, and then you know, he, thankfully Buffalo dropped it. But the other one was comical. Uh, there, there was a, a linebacker who must have ducked, and then as he stood up, Wilson threw the ball and popped him right off the helmet. So, and it went like forty feet in the air, and. Uh, I forget which guy it was. I knocked the ball out of um I think it was it might have been a lot. Oh no, maybe Wesco. I forget who it was, but like prevented the guy from uh, from catching from making the deception. But it was it was funny how Wilson hit the guy right in the helmet. But it wasn't like he hit the guy standing there. The guy was, was low and stood up and hit him hit him in the helmet. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um Another thing, only the Jets can force a fumble at the goal line on a big stand and then have the offensive lineman on the other team and cover for the touchdown. <laughs> only the Jets. Exactly. Only the Jets. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, now, now the announcers. And these guys were terrible. They were two, like, ridiculously stupid mistakes they made. One was there was um, uh, the, the Jaguars, I believe it was, were, were, went for it on fourth down, and, and they were on, like, the 26, 24, whatever, it was jaw line. They said, this would be a 52-yard field goal. No. 
no, it would be a 42-yard field goal. Now, okay, people make mistakes, but to call it a 52 and it's a 42 is bad. But then they went on later on and said it was it was third and eight. And I'm looking at the yard markers, and I'm thinking I'm crazy for a second. It was like third and two. I didn't know where they got third and eight from. So I could see why, you know, Jay Feely and, and whoever the announcer was around the Jets and Jags. I mean, they apparently they deserved that. So. And then the final, the final random thought I have is that Wilson's touchdown pass wasn't a good one, but how ironic is it that we keep screaming for guys to make good catches when the quarterback doesn't make a throw, and the fucking offensive lineman is the one that reaches up and pulls the ball yep. in. How crazy yep. is that? Yeah, just like, guys, I'll show you how it's done. You want to show? Yeah. Let me show you how it's done. Just a little effort. That's all. Just a little effort. Yeah. The rest of you guys who are, you know, you got alligator on when it matters. Here, here's what it's like. Like, reach up behind you and pull the ball in, bitches. You know? All right. Let us do our review of the predictions. All right. Do you have the stats up? Uh, pulling them up right now. Okay. So... So let's start off with the score. The final score was Jets 26 and Jaguars 21. Yeah, you did a good job. Your best case scenario was Jag- was Jets 27, Jags 19. Uh, I'm going to give you that one because if the Jets, <laughs> the Jets kicked that extra point, they have their 27, and they and they won by you know more than a field goal and less than less than uh, and less than two scores. So I think you hit that one on the head. We both uh, missed badly on the. Um, on what the was my realistic? Realistic was 31 16 Jags. Okay. Yeah, your, your worst was 30 37 9, which is even worse. My rule was 16 6. I thought this was going to be a, a complete stinker where the Jags would just kind of hold on and win. And my worst was um, Jags 34 6. And then my best was Jets 16 14. So, um, you obviously uh, were much closer on that than I was. And then, um, you yeah, know, good, good for us. Good job. All right, Wilson, uh, you had Wilson at 15 for 29 for 208 yards, touchdown, interception, and um, you didn't have the yards right, but you did say he would run a bit, so good call there. You had him at 3 for 29, so uh, I'll give you that one because you did say he would, he would run a bit. Um, and you did, how, many, how many times did Wilson throw? It was 14 for 22, right? Wow, nice memory. 14 for okay. 22, 102 yards, <laughs> one touchdown, no picks, and no on the picks. ground. Four runs for 91 yards and a touchdown. 91 yards. Very nice. You had Berrios as your MVP. Five for 62 with a touchdown, three for 38. Um, I mean, he wasn't bad offensively. I guess I guess you can go with the MVP as Berrios because he didn't no, run that, that back. No. But there's no – I mean, Wilson's got to be the offensive MVP, right? Either I mean, Wilson or, or Michael Carter. Come on, 16 carries. Carter, 118. Yeah. But Berrios had five catches for 37 yards. Uh, at least I got the number of catches. You got the catches, right? There you go. Okay. All right, I had Wilson um, – I was very close on the yards, but not for the right reason, so I'm not going to take the credit. But uh, I had him 11 for 29 with 112 yards. <laughs> Remember, I said I wanted to go 89, but I was going to give him over 100. And then um, no TDs and three interceptions. So I really predicted a stinker. And of course, that's going to happen this coming weekend, but we'll do the prediction show later. Um, and then Crowder is the offensive MVP with four catches for 39 yards. So I was way off this week. It is what All it is. Four, and I'll take it. We got W in real life, and at the end of the day, that's what matters. Our predictions are fun and games, and it's cool bragging rights, but the win is a win, and Absolutely. I'll take away from this week. All right. We have to figure out when to do the prediction podcast, New Year's Eve Friday. Uh, it's also a kid's weekend, so maybe we find time Saturday. Um, um, either Saturday or I might text you tomorrow and see if we can squeeze one in. Yeah, I should be able to tomorrow. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. If it's a little later, I can have um 
the boys' family coming over for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's aim for tomorrow or, or maybe Thursday. We can even try Thursday. Sounds good, my man. I'll talk to you. All right. Have a good one.